You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We've been going through the series, our, our 2017 series called Knowing God. And uh, week one, we talked about God's glory. And last week, we've talked about uh, God's goodness. Everybody say God's goodness. Okay, now, uh, just a recap uh, of last week's preaching. Uh, we, we have three perspectives that I share to you guys. Uh, the first perspective is that God really is the source of all goodness. In fact, it is His nature. Amen, right? Secondly, God shows His goodness. He does display His goodness to us. Whether you like it or not, He still displays His goodness to us. And thirdly, we know that God saves us because... He is good, not because you and I are good, but because that's His very nature. In other words, God is good, period. Now on week three, okay, everybody say week three. three. This is today, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. It's called God's generosity, okay, God's generosity. Now, many of you might be wondering what really, what's really the meaning of generosity. It comes from the word generous, right? Now, what is generous, okay? Let's look at this word, generous. So if you research that, you look at uh, the dictionary, you'd, you'd, you'd get this synonymous uh, meaning of generous. Generous means really being uh, liberal, um, lavish. Okay, you lavish or generous. Uh, magnanimous, okay, it's huge. We're talking about the, the hugeness of God, right? But generosity or generous means magnanimous. Or it is about giving, right? You cannot, you cannot be generous if you don't give, right? You are free-handed. It's bountiful. Okay, you talk about generous, it is bountiful. It is unselfish, right? It is ungrudging. It is unsparing. And it is plenteous. Okay, plenteous. Everybody say plenteous. Or being plenty, right? You know, for me, my experience uh, on God's generosity came about... Uh, 10 years ago, okay, in 2007, exactly 10 years ago, we had a blessing that we could not understand, but we were in awe. Drop joy. Have you ever, have you ever you know, experienced having a drop joy? Parang, ah, just, ah, amazing. That's how it was. In 2007, my family and I went up to Baguio basically to stay there for a while. We, if you knew our story, we moved from here. Okay, we've been serving here in Alabang for, uh, I think, seven, seven years. And then we decided to go up to Baguio. And a friend of ours who happens to be a member of this uh, nice uh, uh, club, it's called Baguio Country Club. Uh, if, have you ever been to Baguio Country Club? You all know? Baguio Country Club, right? So a friend of ours, you see, he, uh, since they were a, a member of this club, said, he told me, Saul, you know, you could use my vouchers in, in Baguio Country Club. In fact, I want you to spend four days and three nights in the club. And I said, wow. I said, wow, yeah, oh, sure. Actually, we were, we were two families that were supposed to join together and spend four days and three nights. Okay? But my, my other friend could not make it. His family couldn't make it because they had an emergency. So guess what? We enjoyed Baguio Country Club, only the four of us. Okay? We didn't have Colleen before. If you know my family, we were a, fa- we were a family of five. But in 2007, we were just only four. And this is a picture. These are the actual photos 
of that, uh, that uh, wonderful day. That's my wife. Uh, this is Nathan. And that's Elise. If you know our, our kids, they're all grown up now. They're, they're adults already. Okay. And uh, this is my picture. Okay. Uh, when I was overweight. And uh, so praise God. May just talaga. You can still get thin when after the fast. How many of you join our fasting? Yeah. All right. It was a blessing. This is Elise, my, my second. Uh, it was a wonderful time. In fact, uh, that four days and three nights became one that really marked the history of God being generous to us. Now, why was that? Because we were given a budget to spend in Baguio Country Club. We were given, actually, a sort of like to the tune of 26,000 pesos to spend on food. Because we're supposed to have two families, right? Now, since it's only one family, guess what? 26000 for one family is kind of huge to spend in four days. I called my friend. I said, uh, hey, you, uh, this is quite such a big amount, you know? Uh, I don't think I can spend this much. And, and, and she said, no, 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 no. You, you use it because we're not going to use it. It's going to be put to waste if you don't use it. It's basically that they had vouchers and it was worth 26,000 pesos. So finally, I said, okay, we'll, we'll do it. I said, we'll use the money. So we went swimming, we went uh, bowling, we went builders. We, we did everything we can, tried to spend the 26000 In fact, we even had our, you know, uh, uh, we had breakfast, breakfast in the room. We had merienda in the room. We had midnight snack in the room. We did everything we can. All right? 26,000 pesos. So finally, on the third day, I was, I was very, I said, I want to I wanna check by the day, right? So on the second, I think, or the third day, I asked, how much more do we need to spend? And this, the desk, the desk clerk told me, sir, you still have about 16,000 to spend. I go, what? 16,000 pesos? So I started calling my family. I called my family. I called our church members in Victory Baguio. I said, you know, come here. I'm going to treat you to a dinner. So we went, we had this Japanese teppanyaki. We had, we had, believe me, we were like here, lunch and dinner, lunch and dinner. I was just, getting all the people to come in. So finally, on the, on the, on the, I think on the fourth day, I don't remember anymore, but I went back, I asked the clerk, and I said, oh, so, okay na ba? Uh, how much have we really spent? Uh, sir, actually po, ano eh, you still have 9,000 pesos. <laughs> what? Are you sure? Yes, yeah, sir, kasi meron, actually po, hindi lang po yun eh. Ito pa ho, may voucher pa ho na 10,000. So it's like, parang, parang what? 19,000? Let? I go, what? So I was, you know, so here I am. Grabe talaga, that was, that was, you know, that was really for the his, history books talaga. It was just an amazing time. I didn't know how to spend that much amount of money on food. So we did all we can. We tried spending everything. And I said, and I called my friend again. Hey, you know what? You have another 10,000 worth of, of vouchers. What do you want me, what do you want me to do? Uh, just enjoy it and, you know, go buy big products. Just be sure to give me raisin bread. That's all. And, you know, you know my two kids. This is the classic post of our two kids. Let me show you. Yeah. yeah. And they said, you know what, Dad? They go, this is the life. <sighs> and I could not agree more. You know, and that to me... That to me really spoke volumes of who God is. God really is a generous God. But, but as good as my experience of God's generosity is, 
It's not true for everybody, right? It's not true for all of us. In fact, when, when you are going through some tough times, when you are in lack, or you are in debt, or you, you just get by, remember? When everything that you have, it just passes by. Like, you know, from paycheck to paycheck, diba? They say that our paycheck, uh, it came to pass. It just really passed. It, it, didn't, it didn't happen. You all know what I'm saying, right? And in fact, in our culture, in our Filipino culture, we have what we call isang kahig, isang tuha. And I know Pastor Son, if you were here last uh, Friday, he was saying, you know, this is the year of the rooster, sabi nga nila. And I don't want to believe it. Kasi ang rooster daw, isang kahig, isang tuha. And we don't want that, right? But can you just imagine that, you know, if you're not going through that, it's hard to imagine that God is a generous God. Now, let me show you pictures, alright? These are some of the people who don't experience abundance. Like this man over here. Um, he's crippled, he's homeless, has no food, he's begging for money. Right? This is a homeless man. And this picture of a kid trying to drag a pail speaks of uh, having no water, which is the really very basic necessity, right? It's a basic necessity. And in the streets of Metro Manila, you'll probably find a child always, you know, you, you see this almost everywhere in Metro Manila. Actually, even the Philippines. Well, not much, not all the Philippines, but especially here in Metro Manila, you'll find these little little children knocking at your, your car uh, window, and you just can't help but, but look at them. And you just think about, about what they're going through. It's not the abundance that you expect, right? If you, if you go further, actually, these are real pictures in our, what we call, our Smoky Mountain. And these are pictures, really, of what we call poverty, right? It's poverty. Um, according to Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, he said that, he says that poverty is a deprivation of basic human needs to support life, which is totally opposite, you know, of the effect of generosity. There's lack. So when you see, when you see images or when you, when you experience poverty or when you experience uh, being in lack or being deprived of many things, it's really hard to imagine that God is a generous God. In fact, many of us might be questioning ourselves, right? Is God really a generous God? And here's the danger. Okay, here's the danger. We need to really be careful. And this is the reason why. If we, if we base our own understanding of God's generosity through our own life experiences, then we will misunderstand the generosity of God. Because our experiences are separate, it's different from everybody, right? And if we base that, if we base uh, um, the generosity of God uh, through our experience of that, then we don't get the whole picture of the generosity of our God. And that's what we need to do tonight. And that's my heart, okay? That's my heart. My heart tonight is that we will all see through Scripture's the generosity of our God. It's not because of my experience or your experience, but we want to look at scriptures and understand, really, God, are you really generous? So if you're ready, I want you to stand on your feet and I want you to open your Bibles to Psalm 65. Let me just read. This is a bit lengthy, okay? 
Um, to the choir master, a psalm of David, a song. Praise is due to you, O God, in Zion. And to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains, being girded with might, who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples, so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessings, or in blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, it is our desire tonight that you will speak to us clearly and let us know and understand how generous you are. Lord, we only ask that every word that will come out today will come out from your heart. So Lord, anoint the preaching of your word. Open the hearts of your people, Lord God, that we, we may truly understand you as a generous God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amongst all the people okay, that ever, ever walked on the face of this planet, it was David or King David okay, that God said that this man is after my own heart. You all know this? Yes, all right. David was known to be a man after God's own heart. In other words, David, all throughout his life, he sought God. He was desperately seeking God. He pursued God so much. In fact, you could, you could almost hear him always saying, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? You, always, you could always hear him, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. So, you know, you see this, you hear it through all the writings he did in Psalms. And what does it speak? It speaks of a deep, intimate relationship that David had with God. And the beauty about this, it's already in Scripture that God continually reveals Himself to David and even to us today. Now, King David wrote Psalm 65, not just a psalm, it is a song of thanksgiving, right? If you research this one, there are so many, the scholars say that there are various settings that this, this psalm is, is made possible. Well, one of it is this, this psalm was done probably because of a, you know, uh, what do you call this, a, a, a feast of the unleavened bread, okay? The beginning of harvest, okay? That's why it was a thanksgiving song, okay? To, to God who is a generous God, right? Also, it could be also that it is, it is the end of the grain harvest wherein they get a lot of harvest. That's why they're giving thanks to God. But ultimately, Psalm 65 is a national song of thanksgiving. It was celebrated during the fall 
and it, it, it came about with, with songs of rejoicing. You all know, we all know how, how it is. Farmers, they rejoice when there is so much, so much, uh, harvest. And that's the time, uh, the whole nation of Israel, they were celebrating the goodness of God. They were celebrating the generosity of God. That this song, or this psalm became a national song of thanksgiving. Alright, that's the background. Okay? But let's look at verse 1. Bible says that praise is due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. Now, because there are so many reasons to praise God. In fact, you can see, see this all throughout this psalm, okay? But David says, praise is what? Due to you, O God. In other words, praise awaits God. You just cannot wait to praise God. You are so excited. You're just, you're just there. Can you just imagine yourself? You know, you, you, you want to praise somebody, okay? For something that, that, that happened, right? And here you are. You just can't wait. That's the, that's the heart of David. It's kind of like what Charles Spurgeon said. He says that it is like a company of musicians gathered to welcome and honor a prince who wait till he makes his appearance. So do we reserve best praises till the Lord reveals himself in the assembly of his saints. Now question, why do you think people give praise? Of course, you're not going to answer me, but you know, at least you're thinking about it. But why do you think, why do you think people give praise? There are many reasons that I can think of. Well, one of them is this, because, because of something that is admirable. Probably you praise somebody because it's admirable, right? Or it is commendable or praiseworthy, right? Or probably because you're just grateful and thankful. And this is the case of Psalm 65. David was just grateful and thankful because God was a generous God. Let me share to you tonight three insights. Okay, everybody say three. Okay, just three insights, okay, about the generosity of God. Now, God's generosity is shown in, number one, in how He saves. God's generosity is shown in how He saves. In verse 2, the Bible says, O you who hear prayer, to you shall... All flesh. Everybody say, all flesh. To you shall all flesh come. Now, God's generosity can be seen in how He saves us. Meaning, you can, see, you can see this in the manner in which He saves us. Okay. Now, we all know that God has given us salvation. How many of you are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm going to lift up your hand. I'm just curious. Come on. Yes, we did, right? Yes, we have this salvation, but it doesn't mean that God or Jesus Himself stopped saving us. The moment when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Jesus did not stop saving you. In other words, it's a day-to-day-to-day thing that God is saving us. From what? From destruction. That's how our God is. That's how generous He is. He did not stop there. In fact, I love, I love our song, Limitless. He's, he's not limited to just one event when you got saved. No. He says that, you know, He hears our prayer. He is a God who hears prayer. That's what He is. Now, let's look at the bigger picture of this. God, the Almighty God of the universe, okay? He hears and He answers your prayer. 
It's kind of like this. Compare yourself today to a gigantic, humongous God of the universe. It's, it's, it's kind of like, like this. You are like a microscopic animal, and then you are shouting out to God, and God hears you. It's kind of like that, right? Understand this. You know, I like, I like um, uh, Louis Giglio's uh, preaching about this, about the, the universe, the galaxies, if you know that. In fact, this, that song, Indescribable, that we, we, we sang a while ago, it really speaks of the greatness of our God. And yet, planet Earth, he says, is one speck of dust in the entire universe. And in that dust, we all live in that tiny speck of dust called Earth. And if Earth is a tiny speck of dust, what does that make us? Virtually nothing. But yet, the Bible says that God is still mindful of us. So are you seeing the bigger picture? Are you seeing that our God really is generous in how He saves us? Okay, now, the big thing about this is that He does not only hears our prayer, but when He hears our prayer, it is not limited to one set of people. He says that, Oh, you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh, all peoples on earth. Do you realize that there are 7.5 billion people in the world today? Okay? And if everyone, if everyone would just pray today, the Bible says that God hears our prayer. That is kind of like every week. We have your prayer request, right? We are about, um, estimate, we're like around 13,000 altogether. That's 13,000 prayer requests, perhaps. Think about 7.5 billion. 2017, our population will be 7.5 billion. That is according to the World Health Organization. Now, think with me for a while. 7.5 billion prayer requests that God is willing to hear and answer. Now, talk about generosity. That's huge. Are you seeing the bigger picture? That's just unlimited. I don't know about you, but that is super super gigantic. You know, many years back, there was a, a, uh, a movie called Bruce Almighty. Do you, do you know Bruce Almighty? Did you watch that? You like that, right? Jim Carrey and Morgan Freeman. Jim Carrey wanted to be God. And he said, you know, can, uh, you know he actually challenged Morgan Freeman who, who played the role of God. And they finally, you know, uh, God said, okay, you, you be God. So what happened? He received a bunch of um, prayer requests. In a computer, of course, God does not, probably has a bigger computer, but he was just looking at all the requests, all the requests, and he says, I'm tired of this. Why don't I just press yes to everybody? So he did. What happened? It became chaotic. <laughs> you see, God hears our prayer, but he answers according to what is good for us. You understand? Not according to what you are praying for. Many of us pray for, you know, God, I, I want this, 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 this. But God will not give you something that will hurt you. Because He knows the best. But the good thing about this is that God hears us. And when He hears us, He answers us in this manner. In Romans 8, 28, He says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who has been called according to His purpose. In other words, God is working for your good. When you are praying, 
a prayer, this, this request to God, and he, do, he does not answer the way you expect Him to answer, guess what? He is working for your good. Amen? Let me share to you something from Zephaniah. Zephaniah said, basically, God said, For at the time, I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve Him with one accord. Now, here's the truth. Whether you believe God or not, whether you, be, you are a devout Christian or you just are an atheist, at the last hour, at the last minute of our lives, guess what? You will call, you will call upon the name of the Lord. Many years back, we, we had an earthquake in Baguio. By the way, we had, a, I think, an earthquake in Bohol, I heard. But in 1990, July 16, 1990, in Baguio, we had an earthquake. In 1990, I wasn't saved yet. I wasn't a Christian yet. And my idea of God was really nothing. In fact, I don't have an, any relationship with God. Not, not one bit. Until July 16, 1990, guess what happened? When that earthquake struck our city, five of us with my friends, yung mga ko, we were like right in, at the center of Session Road and we all knelt down and we cried out to God and asked Him for forgiveness because we thought it was the end of the world. You see, the reality is, all peoples will call on the name of the Lord. But yet, He answers us. Amen. In verse 3, When iniquities prevail against me, now here it is, you atone for our transgressions. You see, you can see the generosity of God in how He saves us. He saves us on a day-to-day basis. But when you talk about real Atonement, okay? Atonement means this. Make amends, uh, make reparation, make restitution, make recompense, uh, make redress or make up for it, compensate, okay? But I like the word, I like, I like this word, pay the penalty. Atonement means pay the penalty or pay the price. And this is how we see how generous God is. And how He saves us. When you look at our iniquities, when iniquities prevail, well, that means when our sin overtakes, it prevails. The Bible says that God Himself atones for our transgressions. What that means is this. No matter how much, what kind, or how grave your sin may be, if you call out to Him, God is willing to pay the price for your sins. Let me repeat that. No matter how much, what kind, how grave your sin may be, if you call out to Him, if you pray to Him, God is willing to pay the price for you and me. Remember the prodigal son? The story of the prodigal son, right? We know that that this son did not deserve anything at all. He says, I'm just going to go back. I'm just going to go back to my father. Maybe he will receive me as a servant. But what did God do? No, He didn't receive him as a servant. He received him as his son. That's the generosity for God. How he saves us. He doesn't look at the gravity of your sin. You know, how, how dirty you are, a sinner. But he looks at you, and he looks at you differently. If you will call upon his name today, and ask for his forgiveness, God is willing to do that. In fact, uh, uh, Ray said a while ago, you know, while we were still sinners... Jesus Christ died already for our sins. He chose already to die for you. 
That's the kind of God we have, a generous God, generous so much that He would like all of us not to perish but to be saved. That's the kind of God we have. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our, of our trespasses, according what to the riches of His grace which He lavished upon us. I love that word, lavish. It's kind of like probably that feeling in Baguio Country Club. I felt lavished. I mean, I just cannot, you know. Of course, I cannot take the, the money with me. I have to spend it. That's the only thing. But it was lavished on us. It's kind of like that. And when you look at God's redemptive plan, it cost, it cost His life through His blood so that He can give us forgiveness. That's the kind of God we have. When you say, when you, when you think that He is not generous, think with me again. Think with me again. That He is generous when He saves us. In verse 4, Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be, what? Satisfied. With the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. Now, you need to get this. The fellowship, the close relationship that God allows us to have with Him really is a sign of His generosity. You know, it's quite um, surprising. In fact, it is astounding how God chooses to treat you and me, okay? Not as His subjects. He's King, right? We all know that Jesus is King. But He does not treat you as His subjects. He treats you as His, what? His children. Let's just pause there for a while. God does not look at you as a servant nor a slave, but He looks at you as His children. John tells us that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, He says that, How great is the love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we all are. Amen. So as, as, as children, we live in His courts. We enjoy His presence if you were with us last friday it was an amazing time just enjoying the presence of god with his people parang nasa facebook siya pwede mong kunin sa facebook mamaya yeah all right okay but are you are you are you here tonight are you looking at the bigger picture that god is a generous god in how he saves us and if you're not convinced let me show you the scripture in in psalm Chapter uh, 103, verse, verses 2-5. to five. Now here it is. About the salvation of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Not only that, who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with the steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Can you give God a big hand for that? Amen. Secondly, God shows His generosity in how He sustains us. Okay? How He sustains. Now let me show you in verse 5. It says there, By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. He does not repay you for evil. Though we are evil, God does not repay you for your evil. He could have. But no, He answers us by His awesome deeds of what? Righteousness. Oh God, our salvation, the hope of all the earth. 
or the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. You know, God is never beyond our reach. He is always at our side. He's always available to answer your prayer. Are you here tonight? God is not beyond our reach. And in the following verses, I'm going to show you, okay? God's generosity is really shown through what? Through His beautiful creation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you pictures again, alright? Tonight's about pictures. And as I show you the pictures, I'm going to show you, I'm going to read to you the scripture. In verse 6, the Bible says, The one who by his strength established the mountains being girded with might. I want you to picture that. Verse 7, he says, Who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples, the problems, the, the challenges. He silences that one. That is how God sustains us. You know, I had a, I had a chance of going to the beach. And if you're in the beach, and if you notice the waves, they come, they come in, right? They also go back, they come in, they come back. It's amazing. It's 24-7 like that. Do you realize that? It's 24-7. It's just going in, out, in, out. And really, it talks about how God sustains everything. It's amazing. How about this? In the following verse, it says in verse 8, So that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. In other words, every day, God sustains us with mornings and evenings. He lets us sleep. How many of you love sleep? How many of you, uh, no, uh, yeah, don't sleep, okay? Let me tell you, you need sleep. <laughs> if you are overworked today, maybe you need to rest. That's why you are sick, because probably because you don't get sleep. Amen. I'm talking to myself. Yeah. But that's who our God is. He sustains us. God's generosity is seen in nature. It speaks of how God sustains life in all the things that God created all around us. Think about that. Everything is sustained by God. Even if we human beings destroy nature, guess what? Nature has a way of healing itself, right? By the power of God's hand, He heals it. I remember... Um, way back in World War II, the bombing of Hiroshima. You know this, right? Devastated Hiroshima and Nagasaki. If you go back now, yeah, there are probably remnants, but most of it, it's already, you don't even recognize it anymore. It's as if nothing happened. I mean, that's, that's Japan. But even you look at the surroundings, nature, you still see trees growing, plants growing. It's an amazing sight. Didn't have time to put it here. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man, what? Became a living creature. Now, I want you to try this for a while, okay? I want you to inhale and hold your breath for 60 seconds. Okay, you don't have to, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I just, wanna, I just want you to experience how it is not to breathe anything. This is my quote. I don't know how much all of us breathe the breath of life, but for ages, God shows His generosity through the air that we breathe. He sustains our life today. God sustains our life today. Amen. And lastly is this. God shows us His generosity in how He supplies and how He provides. 
In verse 9, it says, You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain for so you have prepared it. You know, water really is a sign of life. Without water, everything dies. Everything. We die without water. You can live without food, but you cannot live without water. Verse 10 says, You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. Verse 11, You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. So imagine it. Let's imagine this with me. The pasture of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. And then in verse 13 says, The meadows of cloth themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together with joy. You know what? God's providence in supplying the billions, the 7.5 billion people here in the world means the means of sustenance really is a great testimony of how good and generous our God is. The mere fact that He provides for us on a day-to-day basis talks about that. You know what? what's interesting? Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. You all know this. When man fell, when, when man sinned against God, and this is what God said to Adam. He said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten off the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curses the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Now, despite the sin of Adam, guess what? God, because of His rich mercy and grace for us, He chooses to let the rain fall. He chooses to consistently give us rain. Of course, we have some droughts, you know, every now and then. You have El Nino, La Nina, right? We all know that, right? But consistently, God gives us rain to drench its furrows and level the ridges, to soften it with showers and bless the crops. That is the kind of God we have. That's why, let me tell you, God really is a generous God. And if you think He's not generous, then there must be a reason behind it. And it's written in James. He says in James chapter 4, verse 2 to 3, He says, You desire, but do not have. So you what? You kill. You covet. You cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because what? You do not ask God. You ask if you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Sometimes, you know, all we need to do as children of God, all we need to do is just ask God. Are you here tonight? Sometimes all we need to do is ask God. But when we ask, let it be of a right heart and a right spirit. Let it be not, you know, a selfish motive. When you come to God and ask God, you know, God, I want it to be right. I want to ask you for something. And when, you know, and when you have prayed and asked God, all you need to do today is really just trust and be patient. Everybody say trust and be patient. Because God hears our prayer. I want to end with the scripture. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, or for us all, how will he also, or how will he not also with him 
graciously give us all things. You know, God wants to bless you. It's a matter of how we ask. Amen. If He did not spare Jesus Christ, His only Son, I mean, think about that. If He did not, if he did not spare that, what is it to God when we ask Him? Amen. I want to invite you today and understand this three this for uh, this this statement that God really is a generous God. Doesn't have to be based in our own experience, but based on the truth that God really is a generous God. Amen. And you can come before Him today. All we need to do is just ask. Amen.